This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. All right. Uh, yeah, welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. You're tuning in to episode number 51. And on this episode, we have a guest who has been on the program before. He is no stranger to Team Stripes. And to many officials out there who will be listening, let's welcome to the show our one and only Jamie uh, Koharski. Jamie, welcome. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for having me on. So, Jamie, uh, you were back by popular demand. We had uh, the masses clamoring to get you on the show again. And fortunately, I'm sure. fortunately, your agent was able to clear things up for us. So we were able to get you on. Um, but uh, th- I guess let's, let's talk about the big thing that you, you were involved with and I think a lot of officials know about. Uh, you were over in Germany. Just tell us, you know, working the, working the league over there. Just tell us, you know, how did that happen? How did you get the call? You know, how was the, how was the trip? Yeah, it was... Uh Fantastic time, trip of a trip of a lifetime. Something, uh, something I never thought I'd be uh, I'd be able to do in my career. So it was uh, pretty cool. It uh, it all started last spring uh, during the NHL playoffs. Actually, I remember it. Rob Schick, uh retired NHL referee, now turned uh, officiating manager at the NHL, uh, called me out of the blue, wanting to know if I'd be interested in. Uh, going over and working with DEL, the top German pro league. Uh, I guess he does uh, he does some consulting over there at the officiating side, and uh, they were looking to bring some uh, North American influence with the officiating over to the Mount League because they've had a, uh, an influx of, of North American players or players that have spent a good portion of their careers playing either the, the NHL, the American League, or the, even the ACHL. Now playing in Germany, and they just wanted to, they thought it would be a good opportunity to have some North American guys come over and uh, and, and bring maybe a little different uh, different viewpoint, a little different experiences over the lot league. So he had uh, he had asked me if I'd be interested in going over, and uh, at the time I, I told him I'd be very interested, but I couldn't commit. So he uh, he circled back to me uh, this fall. Uh, I want to say sometime around November, he called to see, and as it worked out, the schedule permitted, I, I, I flew over. Ended up working uh, seven games in the two weeks I was there, and it was uh, it was an absolute blast. And so, like, for you, what was the preparation to go over there? I mean, like, obviously you're no stranger working super high levels of hockey, but, like, it's I'm, I'm assuming it's kind of a different beast over there a little bit. I mean, you know, what, what was the preparation like for you to get ready to go over there? Well, you know what? It motivated me to get back into uh, get back into the gym a little bit. It's been uh, uh, it been a few uh, it's been a few years since I'd worked pro hockey, and I wasn't quite sure what uh, what to expect. So I wanted to do what I could to best prepare myself uh, physically and uh, mentally as well. With uh, they sent me over a copy of the IIHF. Rule book, which I never uh, never had to use before. And there's some differences between the IHF and the, some DEL specific rules that I that I had to learn. But it was uh, it was good. It's the first time in a long time that I've been uh, actually nervous 
before my first game. So it was uh, it was a cool feeling, kind of rejuvenated uh, uh, rejuvenated my passion for for pro hockey, and uh, and it was kind of rewarding as well, knowing that uh, I went out there and uh, by all accounts everyone was happy with the job that I did in the games, and and just kind of felt good to know that I could still I could still work that level of hockey. Um, not to disparage by any means uh, NCAA that I've been doing the last couple of years. It's just uh, two totally different animals, both elite levels of hockey, just two totally different styles of games. And so the, the question I'm sure you've probably got asked a bunch, but like, was there an issue with the language barrier at all? Like, uh, did you have to brush up on your German or how did that all play play about? Uh, fortunately for me, and I'm sure it was done by design, is that uh, everyone I worked with, uh, on the ice, my partners were uh, all pretty fluent in English, and all the players and coaches over there speak English uh, as well. So that made that made the transition a little easier. But once the once the puck drops, uh, I found that hockey players can or hockey people can communicate with each other, no matter what the no matter what language. We all kind of speak the same language when it comes to hockey. So. It was uh, it was good. The country was beautiful. Uh, the majority of the people, even outside of hockey over there, could uh, could speak English. So it wasn't uh, wasn't as tough as a, a transition as I was expecting. And to that end, you talk about like a transition. And I mean, you've been around officiating for for a long time. Did you run into anybody over there that you you know you'd previously maybe officiated in NCAA or American League uh, on this side of the pond? Uh, yeah. Quite probably at least five or six guys on every team that I saw. It was uh, uh, pretty cool seeing some old faces that I had spent uh, a lot of years uh, on the ice with in the American Hockey League, and you know, going so far back as uh, a guy like Maxine Fortunis, uh, steady defenseman that spent uh, his first couple of years. Actually, I think both our first years in pro hockey, uh, at least my first full time year, he was playing in the ECHL down in Texas. And we uh, kind of came up the ranks together through the ECHL and the American League, and now 17 years later in, in the DEL. So, yeah, both, uh, I mean, even coaches, the uh, assistant coach there, used to be at Norfolk, came in the room after the game. Everyone seemed, everyone seemed genuinely excited to, and, and happy to see me out there. Uh, not to say that they, were, they remained happy with me for, for 60 minutes, but. Uh, <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, really, really cool seeing some faces and guys that uh, I had a lot of respect for when they played. Guys like Jason Jaffrey, a longtime captain with uh, Manitoba and St. John's in the, uh, in the American League, and just a lot of guys I had respect for, and uh, a lot of veteran players that I kind of was in the uh, in the trenches with for a long time. So it was uh, really, really neat. And I'm assuming it's kind of cool for them too. I mean, besides you know getting to know you that you have a North American official. I mean, I don't I don't know if there was you know you had to sort of adapt your style of officiating to, to meet that league. But I would assume it's it's cool for those guys probably to to have that taste of North American officiating. I mean, would I be wrong in saying that? No, not at all. And I think the I, I think the, the the best thing for them in their eyes was just the, the communication factor. Hmm. Uh, the the the, the officials over there are all all high level top notch officials, uh, but just the, the the culture there is a lot different than the culture here. Uh, I think over here in North America is a lot more back and forth, 
uh, give and take when it comes to communicating. Uh, we're, we're over there and not taking anything away from them, not saying it's right or wrong. It's just different. They're a little bit more black and white and, and by the buck, and, and there's really no... Uh, uh, it's a it's a finer line. Uh, they, they they cross the line into. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a, the, the the right way to say this. Mm, yeah, they're, 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 they they tend to not take as much shit over there. Yeah, as we do here. Uh, over here, if a, if a player player or coach is giving it to you, you gave it back a little bit, and then it's understood that between the two of you that, that it ends there. Coach had his say. You let him have a say. You gave it back to him a little bit, and then you play on. Right. Over there, there's, there's not as much. Uh, there's not as much of that. I mean, I think I was eight minutes into eight minutes into my first game uh, in Dusseldorf, and player said something to me for. Uh, well, he started right away. He was chirping right away. I think he was just testing me. And finally, after the fourth or fifth incident, I, I gave it back to him pretty loud. Uh, right in front of their bench, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. That was the end of it. I think I got a little respect from the players and the coaches on that team that didn't know who I was coming in, mm-hmm. but they realized I was a guy. I wasn't the guy that was going to put up with that. I'd give it back to them, and then and then they were smooth sailing the mm-hmm. rest of the time. So I think that the the, the European players that have spent their whole careers in Europe weren't quite used to that, mm-hmm. uh, but I think at the end of the day, they they respected it. Yeah, and just like one thing I'm curious to know, and I, I'm pretty clueless, uh, honestly, when it comes to sort of the European, uh, I guess, let's say the the maybe the, the fan base or kind of the experience of, of being in a, in a hockey environment over there. But, I mean, talk to the, was it different? I mean, you always see on TV, you know, in the European leagues, they have, you know, the fans that have the flags waving, and it seems like a pretty cool environment. I mean, talk to that. I mean, was it a different sort of experience in terms of the games than you might, you know, normally expect uh, on uh, in North America? Yeah, well, it was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, you, you pull up to the rink, we get there two hours before the game, and it's just like a, a soccer match, mm. a Premier League game where the fans are out there tailgating. It's just a huge party. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, uh, some of the buildings were 20,000-seat arenas and some were only 6,000-seat arenas. But regardless, the, 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 the passion and the enthusiasm the fans had from as soon as they walked in the building. I mean, the stands are full at warm-ups. They got the bands going and they're chanting nonstop from the drop of the puck right through the end of the game. No one's sitting down. It was a really, really cool experience and something that I've never been been a part of. Uh, Probably the best thing was when, uh, at least when they were yelling at me, I had no idea what they were saying. (laughs) So... so, I just put in my head. Also, oh, they, they really liked that call. <laughs> Congratulate, yeah. It was, uh, but no, it was it was really, really, really a neat, unique, uh, unique experience. And I wish some of that could translate over here to uh, in the North America. Yeah, and just I mean, wrapping up kind of the the segment on your trip to Germany here. But is there any special, I guess, cities or or, or, or rinks that stuck out to you from that trip? Yeah, you know what? It was. I really wish I had more time to explore uh, some of the cities and the countries I was in. Once the, uh, I flew in on, I flew out of Tampa uh, Monday afternoon, which put me into, into Frankfurt Tuesday morning. 
at 9 a.m. And then I took a train from Frankfurt to Dusseldorf. And I hadn't slept. I think the, 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 the combination of the excitement and the nerves uh, didn't let me sleep at all on the nine-hour flight over there. So I was pretty much a walking zombie when I got into Dusseldorf. And then we had to go. I got picked up by uh, Lars Brueggemann, who was the director of officiating for the DEL. He picked me up, brought me into the league office, had to do some uh, insurance and visa work and paperwork and some PR stuff. And so I hit the ground running that first day, and at about 8 o'clock that night, I had been up for, gosh, 30 hours, I think, by that point, and I just crashed. And the next day was uh, try to get caught up on some rest. I tried to go out and explore the city. But then once the game started that Wednesday, it, or I'm sorry, excuse me, Thursday, it was game, game, travel day, game. So there wasn't much time. Uh, to get out and explore. I did get out, uh, spent a couple hours walking around uh, Munich, which was a gorgeous city. I mean, it just blew my mind that the hotels I was staying in are older than America. Wow. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the hotels are three, four hundred years. Like it's just, it's just really, really cool experience. I wish I can, uh, if I get the chance to go back, I'd like to have a little bit, maybe more time to, to explore and kind of be, uh, maybe travel on my own a little bit. I was with, uh, kind of at the mercy of the, the guys I was traveling with, uh, who took fantastic care of me. Uh, but if I had to maybe do it all over again, I'd maybe spend more time, make more of a concentrated effort to, to get out and see some sites. But, uh, I was there. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be out sightseeing, and then the next game something goes wrong, <laughs> and then it comes back, and it looks like oh, he's just here on vacation. I was there for there for a reason to referee hockey and 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 uh, make the league uh, not regret the decision to bring me over. So I was I was successful at that end, aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the, the the sightseeing tourist part. I mean, I could probably do a better job the next time. Yeah, and of course, uh, the DEL was not just getting one Koharski, they're also getting a second one. Uh, your Uncle Terry is now over there. Did you send him any uh, any advice uh, before he went uh, went over? Uh, yeah, I told him to start practicing uh, how to kick a soccer ball. <laughs> that was the uh, that was the, the, the go-to warm-up before, uh, before every game, and that's something I'd never... I don't think I'd even touched a soccer ball in my life until I went over there. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, all the boys had a good uh, good laugh at my expense, me trying to flail around like an idiot, trying to kick the soccer ball around. So, uh, But no, I just told him to go and enjoy it. Uh, uh, gave him the heads up to, to try and sleep on the, flight o- on the flight over and then stay up all day once he lands. I think that uh, that would have benefited me a little bit because uh, I didn't have a, like we said earlier before we, were, before we started recording it, the first good night's sleep I had was day 13 out of 14. Wow. When I was over there. Yeah, so I was all not screwed me up coming back. So uh but no, I just told him to go enjoy it. Uh you have to buy in when you go in when you're when you're basically a guest, which is what I was and which is what Terry is, you you, you kinda have to, to buy into the culture. Uh things aren't gonna be the same as they are and what we're used to over here. So you you know what? Instead of getting the game an hour fifteen before you're there two hours before. And you're there reviewing the game for a half hour, 45 minutes on video. As soon as you're in the locker room after the game, so you just you just have to buy into 
to how they do things over there and, uh, and, and, and be a good team guy and, and, and just go out there and, and work the nuts off and do what they, uh, do what they invested some money into bringing us over there to do. So it was, uh, I think he's excited. Uh, he's working with a bunch of the same guys that I'm working, that I had worked with. So, uh, and so I just told him what to expect, how the travel is, uh, where to stay, how to turn the lights on in the hotel room. Uh, <laughs> make sure you get the make sure you get the the adapter so you can plug in your iPad or your right. phones and, and whatnot. But no, it, uh, it's good. I hope uh, I hope he enjoys it. Yeah, and of course uh, you, you you finished up that that uh, trip to Germany and you're right back at it uh, back in uh, North America here. And I believe you are currently in uh, Boston uh, getting ready for some NCAA hockey. What's going on uh, there? Yeah, I flew uh, when I got back in Germany. I took a couple weeks off. Uh, stay at home and get caught up on some rest and some, some much needed uh, family time. Uh, I'd be remiss in staying before I get into the, into the college hockey thing. Uh, I think the best part of the trip was, was coming home and seeing my, my wife and daughter waiting outside the, uh, outside the terminal with a big sign, welcome home daddy. Oh, awesome. And yeah, it was really cool. And for the, for the three days I was home, the first three days I was home, my, my my three year old Lily was uh, just attached to my hip, so that was uh, that was a cool feeling knowing that uh, she actually, even though she didn't want to talk to me or she was too busy to FaceTime with me a lot of times when I was over there, she uh, she actually didn't miss me and she was happy to see me. Oh, uh, so I, I I took yeah, it was really really cool. So I took took two weeks, stayed at home, and now uh, was back at it. Flew to Boston yesterday, uh, the fifteenth, and, and worked. Uh, Worked Providence, uh, Providence College at UMass Lowell, and I got the uh, second of a home and home tonight down in uh, down in Providence. So it feels good to be uh, back on the horse. Yeah, and uh, just curious, did you uh, when you came back, did you uh, manage to snag one of those uh, those very nice panda jerseys from the uh, DEL? Uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, I I accidentally forgot to give it back. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we gonna get in trouble for publishing this? Is it? The German no, 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 Uh-oh. no, 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 that's, that's, that's tongue in cheek. I'm, uh, I'm hoping the opportunity comes back soon that I can go, uh, that I can go back. So yeah, I, I'm saving it for future use. Yeah. But no, those were, uh, uh, I thought they were, they were, they were unique to say the least. I thought it was, uh, it's probably the coolest Jersey I've, I've ever had to wear in my, uh, in my career. It was, uh, uh, I got excited. Uh, when they told me that they had partnered up with a sponsorship agreement uh, for charity for the WWF. And I got excited. I thought it was going to be Macho Man and Hulk Hogan <laughs> and Ric Flair on the jersey. And then I remember, no, no, that's the World Wildlife Fund. So we had, uh, we had a panda. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Hulk Hogan would have been a great uh, uniform. But, I mean, you can't, not a bad uh, second choice here to have a panda on the jersey. But, uh no, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, coming back to the NCAA, I mean, obviously things are, I would assume things are getting uh, a little more uh, ramped up here as, uh, you know, the the playoffs are, are, I'm not sure how it works exactly in the NCAA, but I'm assuming the season's coming towards uh, towards an end. I mean, can you speak to sort of uh, what the environment's like in the NCAA right now? Yeah. Uh, right now, this time of year, we, uh, we're getting a lot more interconference play. All the games, uh, all the games mean so much more now. you got teams buying for, for playoff spots, uh, our conference hockey East uh, playoffs start mid March. Uh, 
couple rounds, and then uh, the the winner of the the conference championship gets an automatic berth uh, in the NCAA tournament. So not only uh, if you're if you're you got to really play teams are really fighting now to 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 keep their ranking or move their ranking up to get into the, the top 16 to at least have a chance of getting the uh, getting the bid in the NCAA tournament. So the the intensity is picking up. Uh, every play matters now more. Every call matters. Uh, every goal is uh, and, and every goal matters, obviously, and, and things are just magnified. So it's, uh, it's a fun time to be fun time to be working, and hopefully, I can keep uh, hopefully I can keep working well and, and, and get into the playoffs uh, on the officiating side and, and, and go on another good run. Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We've got a lot of good teams in our conference. We're probably going to have anywhere from three to five teams from our conference get uh, get into the tournament. So it's going to be good hockey here down the stretch. Yeah, and uh, of course, as many listeners out there will know, I mean, you and your family uh, are well-vested in, you know, uh, offering referee camps. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, we also offer online training as well, teamstripesacademy.com, shameless promotion uh, by <laughs> Enroll Today. But uh, you guys also announced uh, that you guys are launching, uh, I think, four, four camps this summer. I'm just curious, you might uh, shed some light into, into that. Yeah, we have uh, our camp starting in uh, in June. Uh, uh, for, we're going to be in Hamilton, Ontario. Chris Pam Sis, New Brunswick, Toronto, Nova Scotia. And I think we're finishing off in uh, in Moncton, New Brunswick, uh, your hometown. So hopefully, we have a little team stretch reunion when we're there. Uh, but no, they're uh, they're a great camps. Actually, uh, my partner I worked with last night was. Uh, a student at our, one of our camps back in uh, when we used to do them in Dartmouth about ten years ago. So it's always uh, always cool seeing guys that, that, that came to our camp moving up to the to the higher levels. And it seems every year that uh, we're getting students plucked from uh, plucked from our camps and getting tapped to whether it's to go work uh, uh, pro hockey or major junior or the OHA in Ontario or or university men's women's. It's 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 rewarding to see a uh, all the success that our that our past students have had. So if you're uh, if you're looking uh, if you're looking to get noticed, exposure, if you want to move from not only from midget hockey into junior, but if you want to go from squirt house league to pee wee ref, uh, I think our camps uh, uh, offer quite a quite a good opportunity for uh, any official, depending on the level. Yeah, and I can certainly speak to the the quality of camps you guys offer, and, and uh, I'm curious. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, with your experience in working professional, and certainly your recent trip to Germany, is there any new, uh, maybe new uh, new advice or some new perspectives coming to the camps this year from maybe your your travels in Germany or or wherever you've been? Uh, what I would like to what I would like to do this summer is in, in our camps, really in the classroom sessions, because uh, you can't do you can't do this on the ice; it'd be a waste of waste of ice time, but I think, uh, I think in the classrooms, I'd really like to, to, to focus a lot more on the, 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 the communicating side of things. What, uh, why not, not only what to say, but why you're saying, what's the purpose? Everything we do on the ice as officials, uh, is communication. Mm-hmm. Everything we do from the way we, from the way we stand, from the way we cross our arms, the way we, we handle talking to a player, the way we handle a coach yelling at us. It's all, all, all uh, communication. And if you become a good communicator, you gotta, 
real good, uh, real good episode of the podcast that I listened to with my old friend Joe Sullivan mm. uh, from St. Louis, and and, and, he, and he talked a lot about about communication. He was always a very, very good communicator, and and if you can go out there and you can communicate well, then the game's that's that's the game's sixty percent done for. Mm. If you're a good communicator, I mean, you can't talk. We don't want people talking their talking their way out of calling penalties or trying to 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 bullshit, excuse my language, try to bullshit their way out of situations. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's definitely certain ways that you handle things that only come with experience. Um, and that was one of the, 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 the big things that I was talking with my, my partners over in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd see me handle a certain situation. They'd ask why I said that or why didn't I say that or why did I yell at that guy and why did I joke with this guy? There's a, there's a, there's a method to our madness and what we do and, and uh, the acceptability rate will will definitely increase if you're if you can communicate well and know how to use that to your advantage. So I'd like to delve into that more mm-hmm. uh, in the classrooms. I think uh, I think everybody from any any uh, any experience level could could uh, benefit from that. So yeah. I think uh, that might be a little twist that we we, we throw into the uh, into the classroom. But no, it's always a it's always a fun weekend. You you, you get anywhere from 50 to 100 students that start the camp on Friday night as complete strangers. And they're, next thing you know, they're, they're best friends by Sunday. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, they're long days, but uh, a lot of fun thrown in there too. Yeah, and certainly the work, I think, all comes into a very good end result. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I can attest to, you, to the to the quality of you guys' camps. And I know that you guys do a tremendous job. And so I, I think... Again, a, sh- a shameless promotion here, but I think any listeners out there, you guys will be very well served by attending uh, one of the the camps. And remind uh, James, if you don't mind, the listeners exactly where the camps are are this year. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Uh, well, if you visit, uh, go to uh, www.dkrefcamps.com. All the dates and, and details will be on there, but they are. Uh, I don't have the dates in front of me. And sorry, but yeah, Dad's going to kill me. Uh, but on uh, uh, near the end of June, we'll be in Hamilton, Ontario, and then in uh, mid July and August, we're heading out east to uh, Chris Pampsis and Moncton, New Brunswick, and Toronto, Nova Scotia. So, hope to see uh, hope to see a lot of returning and, and new students coming back out there this summer. Awesome, and uh, I'm sure you guys will. And uh, Jamie, thank you very much for your time, and uh, as always, and. I know you're a great, uh, as much as you're a great official, you're also a great uh, coach of officials, and there's a lot of really good advice uh, in this podcast. But uh, as we always do, I'd be remiss to say, if you have one last piece of good advice for officials uh, as we end the episode, I mean, uh, feel free to, to share some of that wisdom. Uh, you know what? I think that what I want to talk about is, for those of you that are listening, I know we have a lot of, uh, a lot of the Academy members, I'm sure, uh, that are listening, and a, and a lot of uh, a lot of people that, that aren't joined in with the academy. Uh, I just want to say, and this is a shameless plug as well. It doesn't even really concern me. But if if you if if you are stu- if you're an official out there that wants to learn, wants to 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 get better and improve, or you're someone that wants to go and, and, and teach at your in your local associations and be a mentor, um, I, I really think that you're 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 doing yourself a disservice. Uh, by not being a member of the academy, I watched uh, takeaway. I mean, the lessons that the lessons that are on there that that you guys did an unbelievable job putting together. Those are great. Those are great. 
And I think if you, you're missing on the opportunity to, to have the monthly chats with really, really high-level officials, live chats that you can talk about anything. I mean, I listen to, to Jay Shears. I mean, that's one of the best lines when it's ever worked in the, in the National Hockey League was, was sitting there offering his expertise for, for an hour or one night online. I mean, you just, you just, that's, that's priceless. Mm-hmm. That's priceless. So lean on, take advantage of any opportunities out there to, to make yourself better. Uh, uh, learn from who you can and, and, and just really, really, if you're serious about it, there's opportunities out there to, to have a fun career, whether it's in the National Hockey League or, or junior hockey or whatever it is. So wish everybody luck. Keep working hard. Keep, uh, keep your noses clean. Yeah, well said. And, uh, yeah, no, you can check that out at teamstripesacademy.com and you can join officials. I believe, Jamie, we have students in over 10 countries. I mean, we got Canadians, Americans, Finns, English uh, from England, Australians. I mean, the list goes on and on. So uh, it's it's a really fun learning environment. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, Jamie, for all your time. And uh, best of luck tonight uh, in your game. And uh, we hope to hear from you down the road. All right, Brandon. Thanks a lot.